0: All right, everybody. At this time, I want to welcome you to your one-stop shop for all things music, sports, entertainment, and so much more. Much more. I want to welcome you to the Fourth Wall Cast. I want
1: the truth. You can't handle the truth <laughs> today, Junior. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man, and I'm saying.
0: fill prescriptions for your pop culture consumption. Let's give it up for Doc Oss! I once brought a jackass and a honeycomb into a brothel. Silence. What happened? Get in my belly. belly! Next, they call him the third man in the booth, but he is number one in
2: your hearts. Here's Sparky! What if we leave Then you're wrong? That's a good question. The truth is, I am mine.
0: And now, at this time, introducing to you the host with the most, the baby face of podcasting. Let's make some noise for JC Bones.
2: 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. No, myself as an artist. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear. It's time
0: to make it pop. With the Fourth Wall Cast. Oops, I'm breaking the Fourth
1: Wall, Fourth Wall.
0: And what up, fam? Welcome to your one stop shop for all things sports, music, entertainment, and so much more. Welcome to the Fourth Wall Cast. Be sure to check us out right here every Sunday on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. I am your host with the most, the baby face of podcasting, J.C. Bones. And I am accompanied by my two co-hosts that join me each and every week. Introducing first. I'm trying to think of something witty to say because right now I'm staring at a Death Star on my computer and not. Oh, wait. I see a face coming out of the Death Star. Jesus Christ,
2: that is creepy as hell. That is really creepy. I have
0: nightmares. Uh, Good thing we have some video of this. I might have to post a picture of this on our Instagram. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for Doc. Skywalker, the Wookiee of the fourth wall.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> I can't do I can't do it, Chewie. I, I have a horrible chew. I can't do like the flutter thing. You don't have to because you already look. You're like a rough, uh, you're like a rough,
0: I
2: got the uh, I got uh, the look of a, a Wookiee like, That's <laughs> like the best. Oh I can wow, get. that that was rough. Oh man, that That's, was yeah. Rough. I can't I, I can't do it. I'm not I'm, I can
1: not do it i am i do not have a good Wookiee
2: <laughs> But I will
1: say that Chewbacca is arguably my favorite Star Wars character. Mm-hmm. Um when there was that part of the most recent Star Wars where we all thought Chewbacca died. I might have walked out of the theater if they killed yeah. off
2: Chewbacca. We were in the movies with you, Jess was crying. Oh yeah, you're really,
1: yeah. It's like I was like, we have to we have to leave. That's and I'm, I'm sitting there
2: with away. you guys, I'm like, guys, I'm like, stop, there was a second. Trip. You were not get the
1: hell out of here. Get the hell out of here with that Mark shit.
2: <laughs> there was speaking, a second one.
0: Speaking of Mark, let's introduce the Mark. The smart mark in the room, ladies and gentlemen, third man in the booth, number one in your hearts. He is the Optimus Prime to my Autobot, whatever that means, ladies and gentlemen. John Smarks Grill. Because now I'm going to go by shoot names. Now Seth- that you already gave your shoot name away oh, on your you? your preview show oh, for your new show, Trader. I your did. Solo show.
2: Bitch, you're on another show too Yeah, I know, I know,
1: you're right I'm just letting you know That like a good wrestling character I'm going to gradually Evolve my shoot name Over time
2: Hey, uh, Doc No one gives a fuck (laughs) Yeah And Doc, are
0: are you over time Going to eventually come out from behind the Death Star?
2: No, Death Star's gonna blow up
0: (laughs) No That is so creepy Anyway, so, all right, guys, let's get to it. Doc. Oh, yeah. Doc. I know you have been uh, keeping up with the Michael Jordan documentary. I have been. Uh, what is it called? Please give us the name again. The Last Dance. The Last Dance. The yeah. Last uh, Dance. Please, touch on, touch on this. I have not had a chance to, uh, during all my busy my busyness during quarantine, you know, haven't had a time no, it's, to, it's, to watch it yet.
1: So ESPN makes awesome basketball documentaries. It's probably what they're best at in terms of documentaries. This one has been like it's been it's like um it's like the Shawn Michaels Undertaker of basketball okay. documentaries. It is a masterpiece, dude. I mean, to really get behind the scenes and really see how competitive Jordan really was, Michael Jordan is the most competitive human being to ever walk this earth. He has to compete with everything. In this in this like documentary, the entirety of it not not as present, like when he's interviewing him present, all the footage is either him playing basketball, him gambling, him playing <laughs> cards or <laughs> or him play- and I'm gambling I'm talking totally gambling with anything like throwing quarters against the wall. They had games they're playing with United Center security and it's crazy cuz that's the biggest thing that people call out Jordan on like you talk about like how how hard it is to be a star athlete now like you know just all the pressure there's always there's always a camera in your face there's always lights in your eyes it's and there's there's pressure to not mess up and the hard the best thing they ever got on someone like Jordan is that he had a quote unquote gambling problem jordan doesn't have a gambling problem does he gamble all the time yes is he in debt? No, he's still a or However much money he has, like when you're making millions of dollars a month, ten thousand dollars a golf hole isn't that big of a deal. You can go and blow a quarter or a mil on a golf course, and it's not a big deal. Well, maybe not a quarter mil. That's a lot of money. You want to know <laughs> how much he's worth? What is Jordan's net? I mean, just from freaking Nike alone, he's got to be worth in twenty
2: twenty. He's got to be at least worth
1: half a million from Nike alone I would think
2: 2.1
1: billion dollars $1 billion dollars yeah hmm. oh my goodness so all you have on him he, is he, they, has, he was a heartache
2: he yeah. still has the uh, he still has that deal with Jordan for the shoes
1: I'm pretty sure they're still producing Air Jordans to this day no
2: they are but I didn't know if he still gets that deal it, yeah, it's his they're, shoe. They're,
1: they're using his likeness. It's yeah, it's his thing. He's he, he's the fucking reason people buy the shoe. Yeah. Guys guy have played basketball in nearly 20 years, 15-20 years, and he's still yeah. freaking moving shoes like yeah. that and he's still defining culture like that. It's
2: right? insane. And he's still the best. Insane. But he's still he's the best. Drafted in 84.
1: Yeah, 84, yeah. and the first Air Jordan was 85. I had a pair of Air Jordans when I was a little baby. My mom got me a baby baby Air Jordans. I think that was <laughs> the first sneaker I ever owned. Nice. Yeah, and Jordan's still the best. I mean, he would make Swiss cheese at the NBA nowadays. Just the way they play in the NBA, because they play so much softer nowadays. And softer is the wrong word. Um, you can't be as tough nowadays because the rules have changed where it's right. not as physical of a game. These, they're not soft. They're athletes. That's the wrong word. But... Um, you know Jordan would just make Swiss cheese, absolute Swiss cheese, out of those out of these dudes. Like the Warriors, get out of here! Like he would run circles around Steph Curry. They wouldn't know how to defend him because he ne- and he he could shoot from anywhere, everywhere, and he never missed. He was it was awesome to watch him lead this team and like take a team of dudes, put them on their back, and just tell them we're never losing again. And they never did. When he played ball from 1991 until 1988, when he was in the NBA. For a full season, they didn't lose. Unbelievable. It's really cool to see what they did behind the scenes with this team, and I just I've enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, anybody who's like a sports fan and anybody who enjoys the art of winning should watch it. God, you, know, you could say Jordan was kind of an ass to his teammates, and it's only because he expected the most out of him. Kobe was hard on his teammates too. Any great player, any great leader of a basketball team, especially, because it's such a small team sport, is hard on their teammates you have to they, they, they decided before the 1990 ninety one season they couldn't beat the Pistons and they decided we need to get bigger we need to get stronger we need to get tougher and we need to outwork these guys we need to do it every single day and it was a change in culture and it was all Jordan yeah and he he could play in the NBA today and he could school everyone today yeah everyone any player who has
0: that mentality where they are a hard ass on their teammates or anyone else it's because they've been winners they've been champions they know what, what's what you have to put into it to get to that point. So it can become frustrating if you're surrounded by a team where people just aren't putting it all in. So of course it, they rightfully so should be hard asses. Cause that also shows a really good leader. Hence Kobe, Michael
1: Jordan, very great leaders on their teams. There's, there's some cool this past week. I mean, I'll, I'll let you go smart two seconds. you speaking of Kobe. Anybody's a Kobe fan. There's some really cool Kobe stuff in episode one, two, three, four, three, episode five. Very cool Kobe Jordan stuff going on. Anyway, so Mark, you go ahead.
2: I'm just looking at, at Air Jordan. So they were they came out in 84, the year he was drafted. Um, they were originally just for him, and I didn't realize we're on Air Jordan 33. That's the latest yeah. edition of it. <laughs> There's 35 years of them, so it makes sense. Um, it's right. laceless, this new one. But I didn't realize this, and I never knew about this. I'm actually not a big basketball fan. Um, I really haven't been. Um. Even though I played when I was really young, the Air Jordan One was outlawed by the NBA.
1: Why is that? I never knew it. They don't talk about that in the documentary. That's it weird. was
2: outlawed because it broke the fifty-one percent rule of sneakers, meaning that fifty-one percent of sneaker had to be white, the color uh. white. Interesting. And it
1: wasn't. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, the NBA, it's crazy. Air Jordans were a big deal, too, because until that time, the NBA had, like, an exclusive deal with, like, converses to be, like, the mm-hmm. official sneaker in the NBA. And, you know, there's commercials in the 80s of, like, and you see them in the documentary of Isaiah and, Le- and Larry Bird and Magic and Bernard King and all these big players from the 80s doing these converse commercials, you know, that kind of mainly set around Magic. Magic was kind of the. The the uh, yeah. the fate of the NBA. during and then, you know, he right. was a little more, uh, a little more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He had a little more energy than Bird did. Bird was a trash talker. No one talks shit like Larry, except Michael. Michael was a great trash talker. You know
2: what's crazy? That the Chuck Taylor was a basketball shoe.
1: It was. It was the basketball shoe, on really, until Air Jordans. That's kind of when Nike took over for Converse, and Jordan got an unprecedented deal. And he was a big. I mean, you gotta understand. A couple of years before Jordan was it? A couple of years before? Yeah, it was a couple years before Jordan hit one of the biggest shots in like college basketball history to win the national title for North Carolina. So he was a. He made himself a household name in the sports world with that shot. So he could come in, and he could kind of command some things money wise that players could never have done in the past and because you know and he was he was smart about it. He was the first guy to really treat himself like a brand and not just like a his first basketball player to treat himself as a brand and not just as a guy who played ball. You know? So Jordan really changed the way basketball was played and the way basketball players viewed themselves as commodities.
2: Dude, like it's just crazy to think about how much- <laughs> I think football obviously is a lot of money f- funneling through it, but I think basketball might be the most.
1: Basketball is the endorsement money. You get yeah. the sneaker Definitely. endorsements with basketball, and there's nothing that football, nothing any sport has that touches the sneaker endorsements. I guess soccer probably has some pretty big cleat endorsements too. Mm-hmm.
2: I want to, um, I want to touch on that. So my my school hosted um, the ESPN Metro Classic this year.
1: Oh and, yeah, that's right.
2: You know, teams from all over the country and. Mm-hmm. So D, uh, what are, was it? Sierra Canyon. Uh, so Bronny and D Wade's kid are on that team mm. and there's a whole bunch of teams that, that, you know, were there and stuff. And just the, the shoes these kids were wearing, man. And like, I asked about them, like, cause I was, I was working the event as one of those sound guys. And like, I'm like, how much were those shoes? And a couple of the kids were like, I honestly don't know what they were buying. Them
1: motherfuckers did to pay for those shoes. Get
2: the fuck out of here. That's, yeah, that's what I'm that. getting to. Dude, the, the shirt, the shoe, the sneaker industry in
1: high school basketball is so fucking that's dirty. That's what I'm dude. getting
2: to. A lot <laughs> of them didn't – they get their shoes for free from the companies in high dude, school. The, so I looked it up. I looked up this one kid's shoes. He played for um, Long Island Catholic, which is an amazing team. And they were like 500 bucks. Oh, shoes that ain't of fucking course. cheap, dude. Of course. I'll stick to my Vans slip ons. The those sneakers ain't cheap.
1: And it's funny. There's a scene also in this past week's Last Dance where Jordan they, they document Jordan's last game at the Garden. And Jordan's favorite arena was the Garden. He loved playing at the Garden mainly because it's the Knicks. And he just he just used to a fucking emasculate. He would emasculate fucking Patrick Ewing and John Starks. It was fucking terrible. But he loved playing the goddamn Garden. He would just and his last game there, he busted out the original Air Jordans from 1984, and the shoe was so obsolete that by the end of his game, his feet were completely covered in blisters and were a bloody mess because he was so used to the joint. And he noticed it right away, and he started playing, but he was having a good game. He's like, yeah, my feet to kill me, but I'm having a great game. I want to take them <laughs> off. And just In that way, only Jordan can say it, too. And it's like, this dude is going to go out there and he's going to beat the fucking shit out of the Knicks again <laughs> he's gonna drop a fuck ton of points On the Knicks again And he's got some blisters on his feet I had blisters Dude. on my feet last week yeah, And I know how hard that was to hike that. Now imagine trying to play fucking basketball oh, At a damn level
2: that Michael Jordan plays basketball <laughs> So I'm looking up right now Excuse me Um An original Air Jordan 1 Uh A Chicago colorway So it was released in 2015 Um so the Air Jordan 1, sell it, they sell for an average price of about $835, right? Um, okay. for, a, for an original pair, yeah. from, right? The yeah. prices have topped right now because of Last Dance about $1,500. Mm-hmm. Um, so over the past calendar year, this is an article from CBS Sports, 914 pairs of the classic red, black, and white shoe have been sold for a markup of 712.3%. Ooh um but that's that's not the most expensive jordan like you look at jordan ones and um oh i guess you can i guess they're re-released right now yeah all right so the air jordan one has been re-released i guess because of the i i'm assuming because of because of the documentary yeah
1: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely these
2: are pretty awesome looking shoes man yeah
1: they're like high tops and shit (laughs) I,
2: i think i dan i think me i don't know about about uh bones here because i don't i don't really know his style shoe wise but i think we could pull these off
1: dude i did I, I did pull it off as a baby dude
2: dude they make a full I, top i've
1: been of- there dude <laughs> dude baby doc's been there dude like
2: air jordan i had jordan, I
1: had jordan ones dude i was born in 84
2: so all right so this is crazy like Oh, those are custom ones. They're $25,000. It's
1: crazy, dude. It's like, it's the it's exact same oh. thing as, like, comic book collecting, like, the sneaker community. Right. And, and we it's, very big, about- oh, and it's very big. I have kids sneaker heads, man. Yeah. It's very big, I know, in, the, in, like, the African-American community. Like, I remember right. all my black friends in, like, high school were always talking about, like, collecting sneakers. I always talked about in mm-hmm. the locker room, I always heard. And I was right. like, I never even heard of that shit. Like, I collect baseball cards, dude.
2: <laughs> I had this kid in in my, one of my classes, right? Um... And he, like from his freshman year on, all he was he sold, bought and sold sneakers online. Yeah. And he made hundreds, if not thousands of dollars doing it. So I found on Jordan.com a timeline. So this is pretty cool. Like before the OG, there's like the Converse All-Star College and then the red-white Nike Airship, which was the prototype, and then the 85 black-red, which broke the rule, and then the 85 black-white-red, which – which was fixed because it wasn't banned anymore. But, dude, some of these old ones. Oh, my God.
0: So the original Jordans were Converse before it was Nike? No, 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 no.
2: no. He oh, wore Converse Con- in, oh, he wore. Okay. in college.
1: Because that's what everybody wore no, no. Until, not, until the Air Jordans. Until, Converse right. was the shoe. Chuck Taylor's or what was the other one you said? Um, it's, uh, it's
2: right here. It's called the... Con- well, the, the Chuck Taylors are, are all stars.
1: Yeah, it's all stars. But what was the, the last Converse All Star College.
2: All Star College. And then the prototype for Jordan 1 is the Nike Airship. The Airship. Okay. So there's a whole bunch of different color ones. And then there's an unreleased black and red one. Um, and then, oh, wow, this is crazy. Like looking through this, I, uh, this is just showing me Jordan 1s and the re releases. I can pull some of these off.
0: Oh well, again, that is the documentary called "Last Dance," all about Michael Jordan and
1: uh, Doc. Where can the fam who's listening find this documentary? So, you, uh, ESPN drops new episode Drops uh, two episodes every Sunday. They're hour-long episodes at nine o'clock. So, we're about to get episodes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight this week. We're about. So how it works is they document the whole 1990, the last year, which was the 97-98 season. That was the last year of the dynasty. Yeah, 97-98 season. Yeah, that was it. That was the one. So that was the last year. But it also takes you back in time for basically the entirety of Jordan's career with the Bulls, which was from 84 until 94. And then he took a couple years off to go play baseball, and then came back and kicked the NBA's ass again for three more years. So kinda of right now you're about you're getting towards the end of the first three-peat. The Bulls dynasty has two different three-peats, the one from ninety-one to ninety-four, and the one from ninety-seven to or ninety-six to ninety-eight. Right? 91 to 93, 96 to 98, I'm sorry. So they just finished the 93 finals where they beat the Suns and Charles Barkley. The dream team stuff's really cool. That stuff's all happened already. So check it out. It's on ESPN. You can uh, watch it on demand on uh, ESPN, watch or watch ESPN, whatever their streaming service is called. I don't think you need ESPN Plus to watch it, so it should be available for anybody to see. And then it'll be on Netflix, I think, in July. They made this with Netflix. ESPN and Netflix are co-producing this documentary.
0: Cool. Awesome, man. Uh, Smarky, isn't it funny how I asked Doc a simple question, like, where can they find it? That was about and I got into the whole history of basketball. <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay. You no,
1: know, doc, doc is like a human jukebox. You put a diamond in and you gotta wait till he's done. Well, there's episodes that happened already, so I want to explain to the fam what they what they've kind of missed so far, what they expect when they go back and watch yeah, it. But you, you know I can't go an episode without busting your balls at least once, Doc. That's fine. My balls are fine. They're made out of <laughs> iron.
2: Are Speaking so, of busting balls, um, Haas Bones, give me a second. Yeah, I ahead. need to go um, I just need to go get some mouthwash real quick.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got some
2: mouthwash. Do you have any mouthwash, dude? Oh fuck, no. I, I don't have any mouthwash. No, why no. <laughs> don't you, you have any mouthwash, dude? I don't know. Bone, do you want to tell him I have no mouthwash? Wait, but why why have any
1: mouthwash, Bone? Why don't you have any mouthwash? Oh, I know why he doesn't. Have... Bone knows why he doesn't have any mouthwash. She doesn't want to tell anybody why he doesn't have any mouthwash. We know why he doesn't have any mouthwash. We found out through the grapevine why Johnny Smarks doesn't have any mouthwash.
2: Oh, I knew, I knew about this. Uh, Doc, you're the only one that didn't know about this. Yeah,
1: I didn't know about this, and I was very upset when I heard about this, uh, this, uh, this, this mouthwash. thing it wasn't told this. Apparently, apparently, uh, Johnny Bones was at uh, Johnny Smarks' house not too long ago. <laughs> How long ago was this, Johnny Smarks? Oh, no, this, Bones is looking a little shocked. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. How long was it? When was it again? Before the pandemic, maybe. Before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And apparently, um, Bones needed mouthwash. Oh, and he was at Johnny Smarks' house God. and drank all of Johnny no. Smarks' mouthwash. But no. he didn't tell anybody. And the best part is, he didn't even get, like, mouthwash. You got, like, Jess's spittle.
2: <laughs> no.
1: Did I? Dude. I used you all can't of it? Dra-
2: Did he use no, you? use all of it? No, you told me. I knew about Whoa. it. Oh.
0: I forgot about
2: that. Wow. Oh wait, you <laughs> knew about <laughs> it? Is this
0: is just coming up like... Six wait, wait, wait. wait no, this is a this is a
1: different thing. You knew about it, John? I think so. <laughs> you told oh, you God. told Bones?
0: No, uh, he asked me to use it because I was going to some someone's house after I left. Right? I was like, "Yo, I need mouthwash." <laughs> That's right. That 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 was. Oh, that you know was what? Like, now it Now I have a question. No, Did dude, you know, use? You know, that was like November. No, that was probably October, November. Did you use a cup oh, with the mouthwash? Oh no, dude! You 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 just you, you pour it in the mouth. You just, oh, just, dude! What are you no, doing? It's like you, French kissing the mouthwash. Oh, no, no, you don't put your mouth. Oh, it's in the disgusting! What the hell's the you matter don't put with put you? Your lips
1: on I bet you double dip too. Do you double
2: dip? You, pour you, pour
1: dip? you double guy. dip. You're a double dipper. I know you're a double dipper.
2: Wait, well, you just put your skull from. You just put your whole goddamn face in the dip when you're at the I Super Bowl party, came, don't you? It, it came because Haas had no idea this happened, <laughs> and I guess,
1: I guess I was, the, was under the impression oh. that Bones didn't tell anybody, and no, just took this happened
0: so I so don't remember. And this. just found it. I didn't drink spittle and drink... No,
2: it was... I mean, it was the end of the mouthwash bottle. Dude,
0: why, you put a cup with, spit with
1: it the mouthwash! The you don't spit put back the Put the mouthwash in the cup! There's always cup. backwash. No, there's always, no. There shouldn't be any backwash because you should take the fucking mouthwash and put it in a goddamn cup like a civilized human being. No, you pour it in the mouth. Oh, oh my goodness, this is not a Stone Cold you, Steve Austin uh, uh, freaking uh, uh, Budweiser skit. We're talking about hygiene here. <laughs> The hell's right.
0: the matter with you people? All right, let's try and continue with the show. Smarky, I want to go to you, man. Let's talk
2: about
0: <laughs> – I can't – let's talk, you know, talk about Dave Matthews and, and this YouTube thing, Smarky. I need, I need a minute. I need a minute.
2: Yeah, you good, dude? You all right? Yeah, he's kind of
1: having a giggle. He, fam, he's having a giggle fit. He is having he a literally giggle. He totally is. <laughs> we broke him. We broke him. Finally. We broke the Italian stallion. The baby face of podcasting is crying like a baby.
0: Uh, uh, Smarky, take it away, please.
2: Smarky, let's talk about Dave last night. That was awesome. So, yeah. So Dave Matthews is not touring this year like every other artist in in 2020 because of some virus. The vid. um, The the vid. And uh, so they started this new thing called the DMB Drive-In. And basically what they're doing is – they are uh, showing a live show on YouTube every Wednesday at 8 o'clock. And the la- uh, the first one – the last one. The first one was last night, and it was from the 2019 tour at a very famous uh, amphitheater that um, – that dave plays at uh it's just known for legendary sh- there are amphitheaters that bands have right or you know venues that bands have that of course they have more legendary shows at you know the garden absolutely the garden yeah, that that is
1: just venues you love to play
2: yeah so they yeah. have a few um uh they have the one that the show was at last night noblesville indiana um saratoga performing arts center uh alpine valley Believe it or not, they, they they for some reason they love playing uh, Camden, New Jersey. That's they a always good
1: venue, it. man. That's one that of the venue. best. That's great. That's actually been, I think, named a few times. One of the best, like, sounding venues of all yeah. the amphitheaters in the amphitheater circuit.
0: Yeah. About the B, B-, B- and T.
2: BB B- and T B- used to B- be the Tweeter T- Center. B- the B- fucking, B- it's B- the fucking Tweeter it's Center. The Tweeter <laughs> Center. <laughs> Just um, keep simple. Keep it simple. Be the Tweeter <laughs>
1: Center.
2: Let's see, and then um. Of course they they have two legendary out, uh venues out west that they love to play. Uh, Red, Rocks Red Rocks and, Red Rocks. Uh, the, and Gorge.
1: the Gorge. Well, that's it's not even just them, but those are venues that Those are those every are tour legendary. Yeah.
2: But for Dave Matthews, those every two plus wants to play, like, plus when I was touring, I mean those were just dreams, man. Yeah. Look, but other than those two that everyone likes, Noblesville um Spack and Camden are, are, are pretty big ones for the band. So they, they started with this one from 2019. And um, it was it was a damn good show. You know, I, for those of you who don't know, I'm a very big Dave Matthews fan. I've seen him, let's just call it, multiple times. And um,
0: <laughs> Wait, wait, can we be a little more specific?
2: Yeah, can we get what a what count? The is? Like what's, what's the count at? I've lost count, but I'm somewhere in the 60s. Holy shit. That's a lot of Dave
1: Matthews concerts.
2: Um, well, I've that seen that him like freaking
1: like eight, nine or ten times. And I think that's a lot.
2: First time you saw <laughs> it. The first time I saw him and the first time you saw him. We're together. Oh, was that man. your first day? Was that your first day? That Dave was show my too? first day show. Thank I, you. I, to. I, listen, I thank I, you to our high school ceramics teacher, Mrs. Or at that point, Ms. Oh. Jenna and Chura, who couldn't go to the show because it was rescheduled and offered me the tickets and I think we can finally tell this story to the public. Yeah. I'm there's, sure.
1: there, there's a greater story to that, which is way deeper than her giving us tickets. So
2: if there are students listening, please know that every teacher has things like this. And we're not all perfect, right? And um, I – If there are uh, students
1: listening, I just – you just be prepared to hear how much cooler school was 15, 20 years ago <laughs> when we were in school. That's pre, what you're about to learn.
2: Basically pre-9-11. No, um, Pre- uh, yeah, just no.
1: before 9/11. Just before a couple months before 9/11. Was it, it was like May of 2001. Okay.
2: Yeah. So, um yeah. Cuz it was the everyday tour. Yes. Um so I don't think it was. But it's okay. Um so Miss In- Mrs. Miss Ensura who was amazing. I never had her. I just always hung out down there because, you know, Art Wing. We
1: were in the we were in the Arts Wing yeah, all the time. We were in
2: the Arts Wing all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was talking about how I discovered Dave Matthews when I went to uh my uncle's wedding in Minnesota and my mom took mom and dad took me to this record store and at the record store, you know, I just i had heard his band. I'm like, "Hey mom, can I buy this?" and I bought it. And I I think it was Under the Table. I bought Under the Table of Dreaming and recently And um, I went upstairs, and the hotel room had a CD player. put them on, and it was eye-opening for me. And uh, I went back down and bought every single album they had. And um, so I got back, and I was talking to Ensura, and she's like, oh, she's like, I have these tickets. I can't go. Uh, It got rescheduled. Do you want them? And uh, so we got the tickets. And what happens is I didn't realize that I had – Mistakenly signed up to go on a field trip with a class to the French Culinary Institute that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the French culinary. <laughs> oh. oh God. Really? Yes, this makes like, such great memories. <laughs> Bro, whatever, man. It was food. Um, now so what happens is, and I'm like, Dan, you want to go to show with me? And Dan says, fuck yeah, why not? I'm like, all right, we gotta do something about this. So we devise this plan, right? We're both oh, man. we're both. Some of the top musicians in the school.
1: Can I, before you even go on this, the class that you went to the French, that you had the trip with, that I eventually ended up going to the trip on also, I wasn't even in the class no. that went on the trip. No. I, never took, I never took said class. Well, so let me, <laughs> let me get
2: to that. So we devised this plan, right? So we're musicians in school. And we're like, what if we tell everyone that we have tickets to like New York Philharmonic? At Carnegie Hall or At something. At Carnegie Hall. I think it was Carnegie <laughs> Hall. Like, you know. This, I, uh, Carnegie Hall was my, was my. Uh, yeah. Was my So thing. we were like, yeah, let's do this. So I go to the teacher. I'm like, listen, my friend Dan, you know, he goes here. And our friend's mom was the teacher of the class, right? So. Right, like, yes.
1: my One so, of my neighbors, too.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. you know, listen, um, my my senior prom date, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so what's your senior prom so, date? Yeah. Um we so I go and I'm like, listen, like we have tickets to, to the Philharmonic, and you know, would it be okay? <laughs> I can't say sort of those would it am gonna be okay if we go on a trip, but then we stay in the city to go to the show, <laughs> and I'm gonna get in so much trouble. And, oh
0: my god!
2: So the, the teacher says, yeah, you just gotta ask the principal. Oh, <laughs> so I go to the principal and, and and not not only get not only ask a principal, we first have to approve this from our parents. We have to get like parent permission. Were you so I, not I only, was, were you honest with your parents because I, I think I was honest with my parents. I
1: told them. I was like, "Hey mom, I'm going on a class trip and I have Dave Matthews tickets at the Garden. Can I stay in the city?" And she was like, "Yeah, I don't care."
2: Yeah, same Her mom, here. They,
1: My mom was. They, my mom didn't give a shit about me going to New York by that I point.
2: I was, yeah, I was taking a bus to the city from the time I was thirteen on because I, you know, some of my friends had grown up. I,
1: I, I freaking flew for the first time alone. When I was like eleven, so my yeah, parents yeah, were like, yeah. cool about let me. Like, they grew up in the, our parents grew up in the city, so like you fucking right. when it, you grow up in the city, it's just what you do. It's like, oh, you're you can walk. ahead and go take the fucking train wherever yep. you want.
2: <laughs> so the story gets better. So I go to the principal now. The principal of our high school is a great man, and um, I, I haven't awesome talked to him in a long time. Yes, I have not talked to him in a long time. But looking well, so back, about three years it,
1: ago when I was when I was subbing,
2: yeah, um, you know, uh, um, looking back on it, he he might have been one of the influences of me getting into teaching just because of how well the school was run, and um, I'm sure people don't there were people that didn't like him, but I don't give a fuck about them. But um, people so anyways, don't like
1: the people don't like the Beatles, John. I know, I know.
2: So I go to him like, listen, we have this trip and my my friend and I also have tickets we want to go see, you know, New York Philharmonic. And he goes, and he goes, all right, uh, I just need permission from your parents and we can make this happen. So we go back to our parents and I was like, so this is what's happening. And my mom and dad played along with it. And so did so so did my my mom. Yeah. And um, so we go on this trip, and we go to our French Culinary Institute. We eat weird ass food, which is really good, if I remember. Crabby from-
1: Patty? No, dude, they were crabby patties. They were fancy
2: ass crabby patties. <laughs> I, I will remember. never forget. I will never forget
1: the meal because we're at this fancy ass culinary institute. We're, and I don't even know why we were going to the French Culinary they just, Institute. They just
2: got. They just Some got random ass thing. Yeah, it's a random. It's a bunch
1: story. of juniors and seniors who are like in the higher end of of, of the of the. Um, class rankings of the school and doing like, like you said, we were doing a lot for the music program and we were putting especially like, you know, myself and, and John, we were putting like the school on the state map in terms of the music program, you know, amongst other things that made the school look good during that time. Because Lakewood was a good school when we were there. Lakewood and, was an uh, amazing school. Yeah, it really was. Beyond the point, we, um, yeah, we had to get approval in the past and they just, we just, they had
2: no problem and I, I lost my train of thought. Damn it! so listen so like we get permission we go eat this this food oh the crabby yeah crabby patties i'm everyone's, sorry thank you yeah everyone's getting back on the bus and we're like all right well we're, we're gonna go now and um they're like cool see you later and, and that was it <laughs> it just left us in new york city dude the <laughs> bus pulls away we walk away we turn the corner and we're like we fucking pulled this off we just pulled this fuck off we're going so to we see go- fucking dave matthews <laughs> so we fucking- go to the garden pop film um, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> yeah, so we go to the garden. I buy my first ever concert T-shirt for Dave Matthews. Um, we, go in, we go into the show. We we get introduced to another amazing band, a New Jersey artist named Robert Randolph yes, and family band. And hell yeah! And like we were like digging on them, and then at at the end he played uh, Voodoo Child on on a pedal steel, and we're like, what the fuck? And then Dave comes on, and we are just. Dancing our asses off, Dan uh, and we're dancing, and I just I see Dan just start getting looser. Oh, I got a to total have... contact high at this show. Yeah, I didn't have yes. I didn't yeah, have any, are... I didn't have any substances on me. No, none of us did. But we were just having, we were in the rafters. If MS- obviously G- we're on a class
1: trip with school,
2: so you couldn't yeah. really, yeah. we were in the rafters of MSG. Just and this dude everything was just smack up contact in the face. high. <laughs> and that is how I
1: my fucking groove zone.
2: And that is how I. Did that and i'm probably gonna lose my job now i do <laughs> you were a kid hey listen yeah right?
1: dude it was great and they just and they just let us be in the city every day and that robert randolph thing that came full circle for me years later when i was touring because when i was on the road tour with stolen roads we played with robert randolph a lot and nice. I, when I first met him did, I you, told did my, you tell him oh yeah that first met, i was like oh, dude i gotta dude. tell you I told him, him and Marcus, I was chilling, especially, I. I don't know, they all hung out, Marcus and Robert and the whole band are really cool dudes, Yeah, they love to hang, and we're all sitting, we're talking, I was like, I gotta tell you, the first time I met you guys, you were opening up for Dave Matthews at Madison Square Garden in like 2001 or something, and he was like, yeah, man, I remember doing that, that was so huge for us, you know, for the area, and we just said like, yeah, man. and then here we are, here I am, and I was just backstage before a show, and... Hour and a half later, I'm on stage jamming with them on stage, like, playing. It was one show we that's did awesome. with them in Atlantic City where he pulled me, Matt, and Kevin out, or my old bandmates. We played, like, two-thirds of the freaking show with them because he was just like, whatever, man, come jam with us. That's how it and is. It was just, that's awesome. And that's how it is. That's it how it is. So
2: Dude, I went cool. to go see him. I went to go see him with uh, our buddy Sean, and Sean gets pulled up, and he, he— I was at that show. I was at that show, too. Oh, that's right. That's right. And he yeah. gets pulled up, and— 45 minutes, he's on the fucking stage. Yeah, it's
1: awesome. And uh, so that was the night again, I got exposed to Rob, which was Randolph's shaped a huge part in my musical life, which is really Oh my cool. God.
2: That that yeah. first album is just so good. Um You ever listen to the Wetlands album, the live album, live at the Wetlands?
1: Oh, is that the
2: one you're talking about? No, no. I'm talking about the one that opens with the song Right Direction. I have, real quick, because I know, listen, I know we got to move on, but uh, real quick. I have a Wetlands story. And Dan, I don't know if I ever told you this. My neighbor four doors down when I lived in my townhouse was a bouncer at Wetlands in the 90s. I oh, saw all of these groups Now, yeah. let me get back to Dave Matthews So every Wednesday now, Dave is going to put on a show I'm hoping there are some vintage ones from the early 90s um, So that's an interesting
1: point You talk about vintage shows Because we were watching the show last night the first thing I've said, and I've watched two, I've I've seen, I've listened to David C here now, and I haven't seen Dave since Boyd Tinsley, the fiddle player, left the band. I've seen him once since this old sax player Leroy Moore died, but I haven't yeah. seen him since the fiddle player Boyd Tinsley left the band, or was I'm sorry, was 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 uh, kicked out of the band. Yeah. And I yeah, it was, mutual. I just, it, was it, it was mutual. It needed to happen. We don't need to get into that. Yep. Um, we're sitting here, and I'm. I'd, I'd seen a couple things here and then. I listened to the studio albums, you know. I listened to him a lot with John in the car I've always been into Dave. I like his music a very bunch. Definitely starts with my favorite bass players. This, that, and the other thing. I'm listening to the band last year at see here now, and I was like, man, this is so much different. And then I'm watching these like concha videos. I'm like, this is so cool. Like they have an organ player named Buddy Straw now who played with who's played with Usher, and he's just an absolute like gospel organ animal. And uh he's kind of like I feel like him and Tim Reynolds, who's a guitar player, kind of took uh the Boyd spot in the band, and you listen to the band live like you can kind of still feel their original sax player Leroy Moore's presence there in um but it's like Boyd Tinsley never
2: existed, man, and I gotta be honest with you I'll I don't miss it I don't miss him. Nope. Um, and, you know, be, being as big as a fan as I am, after a while, you realize that he does have some important parts and some songs, but all of them can be recreated in different ways, except for one song that we talked about last night, and that's Warehouse. But yeah, um, it's still cool what they did. It's still cool. But, but that, was, that, you, that was the one time where I was like, I kind of missed the fiddle here. I got to tell you though, Buddy Strong, just like when Rashawn joined the band, like it's it's he it just reinvigorates them, and they just keep. that's what happens they just keep reinventing themselves
1: yeah yeah Um, they they do they they came out around the same time as fish and i always felt fish was kind of like the continuation of the dead whereas like dave matthews
0: definitely
1: like dave matthews brought good songwriting into it more so than other jam bands and brought like kind of elements of like almost R&B and prog into his music well a lot of jam music has the prog element in it but especially some of Dave's early stuff I mean there's weird time signatures there's a lot of advanced stuff going on so you can see why it blew our minds as a kid but just to see like him take like those advanced things and recreate them with the whole new generation of a band of the band's lineup and in my opinion have it sound better I mean the musicianship is greatly improved the guys who we got to replace you know Roy Tinsley are just frankly just better musicians and better soloists and I saw them when Buddy Strong he, he, at the See Here Now festival last year down in Asbury he let Buddy Strong really open up in that set and take a lot of solos and dude man that dude could play he is an animal animal style on that organ that's, that, that's like when I think of organ players that, that's what I dream about like that's the kind of organ player I want in my band dude that plays like that yep
0: You know, I'm not as big of a a Dave fan, obviously, as you are, Smarky. But Dave Matthews Band is the band that really got me into playing drums and being a percussionist. Like, I got into music when I was in school just because I wanted to be. I wasn't an athlete; that was why. I wasn't an athlete, but I was pretty good at music. But a buddy of mine, this kid Rich Vega, that I went to middle school with, I remember being in the band room and he starts playing two-step. to, to the, the whole drum part Train beat. and i'm just like dude what are you playing and he was just first of all th- th- this kid rich he he's so fluid as, as when he moves around the, the kit and just watching him listening to him play to play two-step and then me actually being exposed to dave at that point listening to a lot of dave live at folsom field uh oh, listener supported album were the first two albums i listened to i i fell in love at that point i started watching videos of carter beaufort i got the uh under the table and drumming under the table and drumming the two vhs and i probably still have that so you have a vhs on vhs bro but even though i'm not a huge dave matthews fan i'm more of a 311 incubus fan uh dave matthews or carter buford specifically really got me into being a performer and getting into drums uh but smarty thank you guy and docs thanks for sharing the story from high school Felt like we we're real yeah well
2: with you i'm so sorry to my no school. no don't
0: be sorry at all i'm sure what no nah, man that was awesome that that's not the was.
2: first
1: and that wasn't the first time i finagled something like that with my uh school dish i i had i i had to do some i went on a class trip to princeton once on a weekend mm-hmm. and not we went out with our like and we all went out like in, like, separate cars. It wasn't even... I don't think it was a sanctioned class trip. I think it was our teacher telling us about a music thing happening in Princeton. And because enough people in the class drove, we were all able to uh, drive out, out to Princeton and do this, this, this seminar at, like, Westminster Choir College. But for whatever reason, I had to go to the city that night. And I legitimately got dropped off at Princeton Station... And the teacher just dropped me off at Princeton station and let me just go off into the city like right. it was just not a big deal back then and we're talking only 15 years ago here. I graduated high school in 2003
0: it goes to show you how much the world around us has changed. What the fuck crazy what
1: was I going to the city for that day <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh whatever, whatever. Doesn't matter wait. at this point. So, Doc, I would
0: be remiss if I didn't bring this up. I know a few weeks back we were talking about the New York Mets and the Wilpons saga. Well, the saga continues because uh, as of today, J Lo and A Rod have finished all talks about potentially buying the New York Mets.
1: That was never. I never took that too seriously to begin with. So I didn't so- get my hopes up. I've I've gotten burnt once by this. I'm not getting. I'm not getting burnt again. So wait, they're not selling them now well no there's j-lo and a-rod we're looking into being part of like a kind of think like um like not being like the primary investors but like you know part of the ownership kind of like magic johnson is with the dodgers out okay. in la yeah, yeah and um yeah they i just i never took it very i didn't think it was gonna get anywhere seriously i think the only person that's gonna buy him is cohen and if at some point he eventually does buy him i just i i've lost hope I've lost hope that the Mets will be sold. I was remember that day when we podcasted, and I was happier than a pig and shit. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. I do. Waited to but, press uh, me bones. Waited I'm sorry, press man. But
0: me. I I figured I had to bring it up because I know you were. uh nothing about it, so I wanted to let you know about that in case you. Baseball
1: nervous. hurts in general, and I, I miss baseball so much right now. I was like watching the Korean League today.
2: <laughs> what? It's, uh, the
1: ESPN has been broadcasting the Korean League because it's the only league playing baseball right now. They're playing, like, in empty stadiums, and everybody that's not, like, in the field of play has to wear a face mask. Like, even umpires. Mm-hmm. Umpires wow. have to wear face masks, too. Okay. I guess but maybe they're optional for players, I guess. Maybe at that point, if you're playing sports, I mean, fuck, right. does it matter where you're wearing a damn doesn't face matter, mask or not? Mean, <laughs> right.
0: Well, it's good that at least you have some way to uh, still partake in the sport, even though it may not be the uh, MLB. Uh, hopefully then we'll make its return soon, but at least one thing that has been continuing that I like to talk about every week is professional wrestling. That was such a good segue doc. You opened it up for me. Thank you. So I'm not going to talk about anything specific in wrestling. You know, we do have the money in the bank pay-per-view coming up this week. Uh, we did have a really good AEW Dynamite, a really good NXT this Wednesday. Raw was actually pretty good as well this week. Uh, so, But I want to talk about a couple of things that are happening behind the scenes. One thing is with the station, A&E uh, has a partnership right now with WWE Studios, and they're focusing on producing a new series based on WWE memorabilia. So it looks like that uh, it's going to be hosted by Stephen McMahon and Paul... Triple H Levesque uh, it has the working title right now of the quest for lost WWE treasures. Now it's going to be a 10, uh, a series of 10 one hour episodes. And I want to read you the actual description from A and D in my announcer voice, of course, <clears throat> in each episode. WWE's Stephanie McMahon and Paul Triple H Levesque (laughs) will lead a team of collectors, (laughs) WWE superstars and legends, as they investigate, negotiate, bid, and travel across the country to hunt down and reclaim some of the most elusive WWE collectibles. I'll stop that now. Uh, Throughout history, WWE's (laughs) action-packed storylines have spawned iconic, one-of-a-kind memorabilia, most of which is lost in attics, hidden in boxes, or even claimed by competitors. Guided by McMahon and Levesque, the series will unearth these rare items in the hopes of preserving and sharing the legacy behind the memorable moments in WWE history. Episodes will feature exclusive WWE footage as well as unprecedented access to the WWE archives, which holds more than 10,000 rarities, including Andre the Giant's custom boots, Vince McMahon's cement filled Corvette, The Undertaker's Caskets, and more. Over the course of one one-hour episodes, WWE superstars and legends will give viewers a unique look into WWE history as they seek out the missing treasures that have left a lasting mark on pop culture. So that is really interesting, because if there's anything that I'm always that I always enjoyed was they had that warehouse, WWE. Uh, Pronounce well has that warehouse where they've done like some original network series or shows from the warehouse, and they just have all of these props that, if you look at it, you, it brings you back to that time of in the '80s or '90s, the attitude era, whatever yep. of something big that happened yeah. in wrestling. Go yep. ahead, Doc. You had your hand raised.
1: Yeah, I was just saying. I wonder if this is why they. If this show is one of those reasons why they built that. Where they bought that big warehouse in Stanford to kind of get themselves a studio for this show and everything set up and the other thing when i listen to this show i feel like big heck and wade need to be on this show
2: Yeah, they do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i mean yeah. listen i'm not gonna lie to you I, I i have a i have a friend or two with some pretty rare stuff mm-hmm. that um i don't know if they'll give up right
0: it's gonna be interesting to see but you know i i feel like are they trying to reacquire the stuff, or are yeah. they just... Yeah, no, they're trying to get... They're trying to acquire as much as they can. All, all the artifacts, we'll call them, that have been lost over the years. Oh,
1: I if if they wrote, if I had cool stuff and they wrote me a big check, I would absolutely sell it.
0: Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I would I'll take, take some heartbeat. of
1: that Vince McMahon Saudi... I'll take some of that Saudi blood money.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that this gets me excited about is I can't really speak for every wrestling fan or WWE fan, but... As I just said before, we all know they have this big warehouse of all these props and things that are from memorable moments. But wouldn't you guys like to walk through a WWE, World oh. Wrestling Entertainment Museum? Fuck I would yeah. I would enjoy to do something like that. Have all the statues they have at, at their headquarters, in the museum, all these artifacts or props, whatever you want to call them. I would enjoy that. Even if it's just one big room in a warehouse, I'd be down for that. Call Dude. me a mark, whatever, but... That'd be cool, and this show I think could potentially. How oh, cool lead would it be that. if they did
2: tours of the warehouse? Oh, uh, do they do tours? No, I wish no, they did. Yeah,
0: I wish they did exactly. Like, yeah, absolutely. give yeah. all of us, the, the diehard fans, the hardcore fans, a chance to to be up close and personal and actually see all of all of these uh, all these props, these gimmicks. You know, so we'll have to see what this does. But I'm looking forward to seeing this show. There's no. Reports on when, but right now the talks have been, uh, all the I's have been dotted, the T's have been crossed. So keep your ears open
1: on A and E. Frankly. Go ahead. Frankly, I want to touch on something you said. I find it absolutely stunning that at this point the WWE doesn't have a Hall of Fame and museum like baseball and football and, and 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 hockey and basketball do in terms of and even college football does down in Atlanta like they maybe this is what they're trying to do by collecting the artifacts so they have enough content for what they feel but is they have is, so is, many already oh have I, I know that's what's crazy about it like dude I went to the baseball Hall of Fame maybe about like I don't know uh, 10 15 years ago Mm-hmm. And I, I was in there for about two and a half hours and easily could have spent another two and a half hours. That's awesome. Yeah like you could just do so much with the, like these these uh, these these museums and things. Yep. and it surprises me with all their members of the Hall of Fame and all the things they could do, they've never gotten to that point.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I've been at to the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. Uh, just recently uh, at the end of last year when I traveled to Europe with uh, with my boys in the movement shout out to the movement get' them, I was in Barcelona and I got to tour the Barcelona soccer stadium and they have an entire museum built on the inside it's a whole guided uh virtually guided tour it was awesome you know it's a lot of a lot of teams
1: in a a lot of teams in America have that. Like, I think the Yankees, Yankee Stadium's got a nice Hall of Fame. As yep. So do City Field for the Mets. Um, yep. You know, has a fantastic hall, of, like um, Hall of Heroes, Hall of Fame. And stadium is the Pittsburgh Steelers at yeah. Heinz Field. I went to Heinz Field now. It was again 10, fifteen years ago, <laughs> and I was just I walked in there like you just felt like you were in the home of the greatest football team ever created. Like right. they did such a good job with it. Yeah.
0: So we'll have to wait and see, but I'm interested to, to see what kind of artifacts they do uncover uh, throughout these 10 episodes. But something else now with a and D. A and d also uh, has, have been approved to produce um, five biography documentaries on behalf of WWE. Uh, the five superstars that will be included are Ra- Macho Man Randy Savage, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Booker T., Stone Cold Steve Austin, and the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. So I'm not sure if these will be coming out uh, simultaneously with the other uh, – with the – what is it called again? The uh, – what was the title, the title go? Sorry. The working title. The oh, work, there's yeah, the just way too much content lost, out WWE there, man. Treasures. I don't know if it's all coming out simultaneously, but keep your eyes open. If you don't have A&D and you want to – They'll no, probably
1: stagger it. That would be – Go download it. I would hope
0: these things might end up on the network too eventually, which would be nice. <laughs> I'm sure they will I'm sure it'll work out some sort of deal yeah and I do want to touch on some other uh, unfortunate news well unfortunate for Tony Khan and AEW but as we all remember back oh I thought you were
2: going to talk about how I'm out of mouthwash still because I can't get it oh my god I
0: love how I'm (laughs) coming full circle (laughs) earbuds out of my interface and lost all my audio hey you guys still there oh that's awesome (laughs) That just came full circle. I love it. That was a good one, Smarky. That's good. You're you're quick on your head foot. Anyway, as we all remember, uh, a couple months ago, or actually in the most recent past, we remember Full Gear, which was, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, this was AEW's first pay-per-view after Dynamite premiered. Yes. Full Gear, right? Yes. 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 Full Gear was after Dynamite. In this pay-per-view, there was an unsanctioned match between John Moxley and Kenny Omega. That got very, very bloody. Uh, it, <laughs> was, it was a the first death match we've probably seen um, in, in, in this kind of spotlight in wrestling in quite some time. Uh, but they also did not end up on the good side with the Maryland State Athletic Commission. So it's been under review for a few months, and As of right now, the news broke on uh, this past Wednesday that AEW was fined $10,000 by the Maryland Athletic Commission for blood in the match between Moxley and Omega. So per the state regulations, intentional blood is not allowed in pro wrestling matches. Moxley and Omega faced off in the unsanctioned match to close out the pay-per-view. And they did everything they were not supposed to. They pulled hair. They deliberately left the ring enclosure during, the, during a contest, which is actually quoted in the State Commission's handbook. Uh, they stro- struck an opponent with a foreign object, and they also slammed an opponent into the ring post, which is also prohibited in the state of
2: Maryland. So, so riddle me this. This that, is the most kayfabe date I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> does, does WWE not go to Maryland? No, they go to Baltimore all the time. They play, they play in, they're in Baltimore all the time.
0: What is this? this is so kayfabe. I don't know, man. I mean, this, I'm reading it all right here. The commission acknowledges that while AEW took precautions to reduce the potential for injury to both Mr. Good and Mr. Smith, I guess Smith is Kenny Omega's real last name, his shoot name, by using materials in certain instances to simulate injury and merely give the appearance of bleeding, blood was introduced into the ring and in other instances during this professional wrestling match through the deliberate and repeated actions of the two reference wrestlers as scripted by AEW.
1: The blood thing out. Okay. All right. Let me take that back. The blood thing I can under, I can see like being real, but like the leaving the ring, like you got in trouble for leaving. I know I've seen wrestling matches in Baltimore where, to, where the wrestlers leave the ring. You all know why? Because wrestling's happened in Baltimore before, which means the wrestlers obviously left the ring at a fucking wrestling event in Baltimore. Right, so I think that's I'm, just I'm them... I think that's just them here. piling things on to, hey, things, uh, like just to be legally official. Hey, Bones. But yeah, get the Bones, fuck
2: out of here. Bones, where are you reading this?
0: Oh, um, Wrestling Observer, figure four online. Oh. It's a whole quote from the commission, everything. Okay, all right. I mean...
1: They that's could be in I on the pay. News.
0: I also saw the news elsewhere earlier, but that's where I got.
1: I did, I did. I did too. Of- so the blood, I can understand, and then maybe they just tacked all the other shit on because, like, hey, you also did this, and you, because you did this, it led to this blood, and I could see where that came from. But what the fuck? Yeah. Who the fuck gives out shit for blood? Shut the hell off. That sounds so lame. <sighs> Maryland <sighs> should be fucking sent back. to fucking lose their statehood for that? That's just absolutely absurd. <laughs> 13- that's what the hell you're worrying about. That's a colony, buddy. The, no. the colony where they sent all the fucking crazies. That in Rhode Island.
0: Yeah, Doc, I do agree with you. Do I? Th- I, I think it's definitely um, they. It's definitely a little much. Rated a little much on this. It's a little much. We all could agree, though. That match was also a little much in terms of the blood. The yeah, blood, but I, well, I, well, I
1: never thought match. that people. Should, no, I never thought they should be suspended from it. Though, get the fuck out of right, here. Right. Well, no one's
0: suspended, but they are getting fined ten thousand dollars. Wait, sell that's fucking, a fucking you know, Maryland by now. And, uh, man. Has the money for an upstart company. That's not something good you want to have in your first few
1: months as a company. So it kind of sucks. But just I'm sure sell Maryland. To to, this. Sell okay. Maryland to Russia for a six pack.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Maryland to Russia for a six pack. Crazy. Uh, I want to touch on one, one last thing. Did you guys get to see NXT this week? Uh, most of it. All right. Did you guys get to see Carrion Cross and Scarlett's? entrance
2: why okay all right Yes. Yeah. so first of all he is a scary looking human being yes scarlet uh go ahead go ahead scarlet is uh okay first of all i, I get it we, we need to we need to copyright names in wwe but carrion cross is just as bad as the viking experience yes they I, picked I, the I was, worst, damn worst damn name
1: ever who's picking names right now for wwe i don't know
0: i don't know I Carrion, know. I don't like the name. It's, it's I, I don't know. Uh, obviously, they, they can't say Killer Cross. They have to change the name. It can't be Killer. But Carrion Cross, I mean, I don't know. No stupid better. thing. Scar- Scarlet. Why can't he be Killer
2: Cross? Scarlet Bordeaux-, Bordeaux is easy. You just Scarlet. Corley, I get same. it. Scarlet. Yeah.
0: Or just call, um, him or call him Cross.
2: Yeah, just call him Cross.
0: Yeah. That's lame, too. No. Scarlet's Chris cool. Cross. Cross is not. It's Crisscross, bro. Call oh him Crisscross.
1: No, and this is oh, how things like
0: this. jump jump.
1: This is how things like carry and cross come about because some asshole said crisscross right before that, and then they gave up after the next name. Okay, that's probably how it happened. I don't get why you can't just be Killer Cross. What is so bad about a wrestler being known as a Killer Kowalski? Uh, yeah, but it was also a different time back then. That was back oh, in Oh, get 80s. the fuck out of here. It's yeah, a sport that press- simulates violence. It's a sport that simulates listen. violence. But you could go on a television show and call somebody a killer on a on a, on a on a law and order or a drama. Why can't you do that on wrestling? You can call someone a killer Fucking days of our goddamn lives. Welcome, Raw. You can't say it on Raw. That's just a stupid. It's a fucking double standard. It's absolute. Yeah. It's a, Vince, you're a little it's fucking it's, Vince. You're a little fucking bitch for putting up with it. Right? Yeah, you're a little fucking bitch for putting up with that goddamn double standard. Okay. It's bullshit. But wait a well, second. Do there goes actually, our jobs. Do you actually
0: think it's the stations, and Vince is putting up with it, or is this coming from Vince?
2: It's Vince. No, I think it's. Oh, I don't say I it
1: Vince's final say on everything, and his reasoning is that he thinks it's going to affect his revenue, which his advertising. Which I don't understand. Oh. Like what he thinks his, tar- his his main audience is. I mean, you can say killer in front of a child, and it's not going to turn him into a mass murderer. Right, but uh, he's also looking at it
0: from from his perspective, where when we when we were watching it big time, you know, during the Monday Night Wars, the. Average age range was between eighteen to like the early thirties, but now it's become a much younger, uh, a much younger. Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Demographic who watches there's, wrestling?
2: There's there's death and violence in video games. There's death and violence in TV shows that they watch. Yeah. It's I, listen, I get it, but I, I don't I get it too. So I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get
0: it. this comes from? I not get the. I don't get it at all.
2: Yeah. I didn't get to finish. I get it that they want to trademark things so they you know, these people can't go off with their own trademarks. But this it's getting worse. I can't I can't feel anyways, listen. Um I am he's a scary man. I wish they don't they wouldn't like put these guys in squash matches as their first matches. I get it. He's I don't big, mind he's the scary. squash
0: match. I mean his match was kinda of underwhelming though. It was just two of those side suplexes and his weird looking um submission finisher. Which was fine. I don't mind the squash matches, but I was kind of hoping for a little bit more with him. You know, I'm so, so, so for squash matches, man. Or at least let him cut a promo, explain to us, okay, who are you? Who is Karrion Cross? Who is Scarlet? Yes,
2: but here's the thing, and uh, mm-hmm. listen, I hate to say this is again a difference between AEW and WWE. You have someone like um, what's his name, Murder Hawk, um, Lance Hoyt, or Lance. Lance, Lance Archer, Lance, Archer. Archer. Lance Archer. Archer is just as scary of a man as Killer Cross, right? Yeah, that is a large man, and instead of putting him in, squ- I mean, there were a few squash matches, but like on on Dynamite this week, he faced um, uh, fuck, what the hell?
1: Oh he my god, some, he faced some guy who wasn't Dudley Dipshit from fucking Tupelo. That's who he faced. <laughs> and it was a real fucking match. I think There's it was nothing impressive. Cabana. There's nothing impressive yes, about kicking Dudley Dipshit's ass.
0: Um, in the tournament. In the, in the tournament, out, yeah. Of, okay. The tournament.
1: That is not a squash match. I, no. I mean. <sighs> it makes it more interesting. It makes you want to watch the show. But Cole Cabana is an amazing wrestler. I never have an interest in watching a wrestler squash another wrestler. It doesn't do anything for me to see you kick the shit out of some fucking schmuck from the gym right. down the goddamn street. Does nothing for me.
0: Well, look at Brody Lee. Same thing with him when he came to AEW. His first two matches have been squash matches. Stupid. That's
1: what they do. Squash matches are stupid.
0: You got to make them look
2: strong. It, it, it's, no, you don't. You, you look gotta, strong I by look
1: strong like, beating good fucking wrestlers. I That's don't. how you look
2: strong. Guys, it wasn't tight. I think it was on um, AEW Dark. No, he fought Cole Cabana in the quarterfinal. That was a week. Yeah, it was a week. That ago. was two weeks ago. It was two Fantastic weeks ago.
1: Ahead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, guys, this was a fun hang tonight. Thank you for the stories. Thank you for uh, telling us where to find Dave now each Wednesday, uh, and also <laughs> where to check out the Brian uh, Brian Jordan. Wow, who the hell is Brian Jordan? Oh, it's my boy from college, Brian Yo, B. George. Shout out to my man Brian Jordan.
1: Last time I saw Brian him, Jordan he- was also a nineties. 90s- Baseball and football player, as a dual oh, well, sport he's not athlete. as cool as my dude Brian
0: Jordan. Last time I saw him, we went to Club Thirty Five, and burned, that burned down, man. I know, I know, that's crazy. That is. Crazy. When's the last time you saw him? How long ago? Oh God, this was years ago. This was after I lived up up in North Jersey. This is like probably 2014,
1: 2015. or half Club Thirty, 30 Five in twenty fourteen, huh? Yeah, bro. Her that's name. Where life was. was. Her name was Nadrea.
2: Oh my god!
1: That's not a real name. Now that's a good wrestling name right that's there. A, that's like crazy. if someone came out and said, "I am Nadrea, I'd be like, "I'm in." That's <laughs> I'm fucking <laughs> intimidating. That's Nadrea that. Frost. That sounds like some. That's like so. It's like some fucking <laughs> crazy fucking goddess that's about to whoop my ass. Oh yeah. That's oh, a wrestling man. name. That's where Vince sees it going. He's going to titty bars a little more often. Gets the real fucking names for his right talent.
2: Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) But anyway, on that note, guys,
0: I think that's all the time we have for today. So, fam, if this is your first time tuning in, thank you for listening to episode 74 of the Fourth Wallcast. If you enjoy the show, show your support by following us on all social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fourth Wallcast. That's the number four, T-H-W-A-L-L-C-A-S-T. And I want to drop a bomb real quick on the show and let... The fam know that myself, Doc, and Smarky are working tirelessly behind the scenes as we rebrand the show. Fourth Wall Cast will be rebranded in the upcoming future, so please be on the lookout for our new branding, new logos, and more. I want to make sure I drop, put the bug in your ear now, get you guys excited for the future of the Fourth Wall. So, Uh, With that being said, I am your host, JC Bones. Follow me on Instagram at EMG underscore JC Bones or on Twitter at JC Bones. That's Bones with a Z. And please be on the lookout as well on my Instagram as I promote more of my drum cover video, which will be coming out in the next week or so on behalf of the Elegant Music Group. So if you're into music and like percussion, please be sure to check out my video, like it, Share it. Not just percussion. It. Whatever. Hey, it's percussion. not just percussion. Hold listen, on. Listen. This, this, this party is going to be percussion. a whole production I got going on here, guys. Don't even start. Fucking if abortion. people are in, in the music. Gallery. I was
2: be- actually getting with you. I was going to say it's not just percussion. If it's be- party percussion, <laughs> oh, asshole.
0: Okay. Fuck Well, I, I heard Doc say something sm- some smart-ass things. So I, I didn't. F- We're being a smart-ass, too. What I
1: was going to say is if people want to listen to music, they're certainly not going to listen to drums. They're going to go find music. They're going to find r- – hold on. I don't play drums, I play percussion <laughs> That doesn't help Excuse your fucking <laughs> That doesn't help <laughs> So on that note, Doc You don't, don't even I use th- sticks Ooh, Exactly, because I'm no, I I know. too good for sticks No, dude, percussion's a legit thing, dude I, I've taken some like, percussion lessons before, dude Fucking percussion's kind of, it's cool shit, dude If You know how to do it right No fucking lie That's
0: right, thank you, I appreciate
1: that That was a, a good cover Now, Doc, tell all the fam where they can find you you can find me on the Instagram at D-R-H-A-A-S-E. they're actually I, the, the 4wC was dropped I kept saying 4 WC and I forgot I dropped the 4WC I just went to because we were because we because we went away from the we went away from the um wrestling thing that's why I dropped it uh, oh yeah I that, knew we were rebranding so I just went back we were on. To, so I went back to just D-R-H-A-A-S-E. <laughs> Uh, there's okay. some hike. There's some hiking uh, vlogs up. I posted them up from my trip last week. Make sure you check them out. I'm going to be doing another one on Saturday. I'm going up to uh, up to Ringwood to do a hike. My boy Ed Wilkes What up, Ed?
0: And Doc, you have another show coming out next week, correct? I be do.
1: Fam, all about it. I do. We're going to be doing a kayfabe classics. Uh, DFDc Jeff Pamacho will be joining us. And we're gonna—we're not gonna talk about a Money in the Bank pay-per-view, but we're gonna talk about a Money in the Bank match. Um, we're gonna do the WrestleMania 25 Money in the Bank match, which was Punk's second Money in the Bank win. And we're just gonna talk about Punk a little bit, and we're gonna talk about those early Punk years when he was starting to, you know, really make his arrival on the WWE scene when he won the World Heavyweight Championship a bunch. Because Punk's coming back because he is the guy—he's oh, the mystery guy—and we're gonna talk about it. What are they calling him behind the freaking thing on SmackDown? There's a name they're saying. I'm the drawing a blank. It's Xavier Woods, dude. No, but there, there's a name they're calling. the. the, the uh, m- I I think it's Ali. It's yeah, him. but th- there's a name they're describing him as. I'm just, It's, the it's losing me it's right a now. The mystery hacker. The mystery hacker. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, the mystery hacker. I'm sorry I couldn't get them. Punk's the mystery hacker. So we're talking about it. <clears throat> right on. So be on the
0: lookout for kayfabe classics right here on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. Drop it on Monday, right? Monday we're dropping it? Monday, yes. Monday it'll be Monday, dropped. yes. So keep your eyes open. Smarky, plug your show and tell all the fans where they can
2: find you. You can find me on social media at inst- on Instagram at Getting Podcast. It's the only social media I use for my podcasting, and I will post some stuff that doesn't have to be about podcasting on there once in a while. And that's about it. Cool. I'm a man of few words. Dry, so, my first official episode comes out on Tuesday. Um, it's a great interview with a good friend of mine and a very talented photographer named Kate Eckert. And uh, from there, we just move into a whole bunch of different topics. I have um, a whole bunch of musicians on. One of my uh, drum teachers. I'm recording two interviews tomorrow with two very important gentlemen in the percussion world that graciously agreed to come on the podcast and I'm still flabbergasted. They said yes. Um, but it's awesome. And you know, it's cool. People have time in their hands right now. So, you know, if I get to talk to them for 15 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever, it's cool. So tomorrow should be some good ones, but, um, yeah, it's just talking like, Talking about what makes them so cool.
0: That is getting grilled. You know what's every cool? Every Tuesday. That burp. Bless you. Shout out Icarus every Brewing on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. So please be sure to go follow the network as well on social media. That is on Twitter at Fourth Wall Pop. That's F O U R T H W A double Pop. Goes
2: the weasel. Yeah, I fucking got that motherfucker. Network.
0: You can I definitely uh, did it be sure to subscribe you. to the network on any social media platform that you choose. And you can catch every week the fourth wall cast, big heck and wait adventures, crossroads, nothing to wrestle, kayfabe classics, the DFDC show, getting grilled, and anime adventures. And that's a lot of shows as the network grows and grows. So continue to show your support. Tell all your friends to like, share, and subscribe and help us. Continue to grow and grow and be your biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the Fourth Wall Cast, and we're here to make it pop. Goodbye and good night. And too
1: sweet. Too sweet. Doon, 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 doon.